0: Welcome back to the 2000s called The Podcast Hosted by Me Carly where I revisit iconic movies and music from the 2000s Guess who still has teenage dirt bags stuck in their head I have not been able to stop listening to that song I love it so much I discovered it from the Loser soundtrack we revisited last week How's your week going Uh how's your Mercury retrograde going We talk a little about astrology on this podcast and from what I understood about Mercury Retrograde, it affects, you know, communication and technology, which makes sense with this fucking Instagram, WhatsApp, and Facebook outage we had today. I'm recording this on Monday. Um, she's out for blood this year, though, I guess, because... So, sorry for the delay. My mother had appendicitis. She's all good now, but that's how my week started and my internet connection has been shitty. Apple Maps hasn't been working for me, which is not normal. It's very annoying when I'm trying to figure out where I'm going. Um, but I figured if you don't know much about Mercury retrograde, but you hear people refer to it all the time, I figured I could um, read you a little bit about it. So I have this astrology app called Time Passages that I live by. They have free and very affordable in-depth natal chart reports, compatibility reports, and it gives you the rundown of the day-to-day transits and how they affect you given your birth chart. So you like plug in the place you were born, the time you were born, your birth date and all of that. And it tells you literally planet by planet, transit by transit, how it affects you. I love it so much. This is not a paid promotion at all. I genuinely just think it's a great app it's very easy to navigate and understand Um, even if you're not that familiar with astrology and natal charts and stuff i feel like it's really easy to understand so here's their blurb about mercury retrograde so this year it's from september 26th to october 18th mercury retrograde which occurs three times a year for about three weeks each time is interpreted particularly strongly Mental pursuits and connections break down. The Mercury retrograde period is best used as a a time for inner reflection. It's not a good time for making new decisions or new business plans, but it is ideal for reflecting on your current situation. It is best to quietly observe your inner process during Mercury retrograde and to carry forward with your pre-existing plans. So ask yourself, where am I heading in my life at this particular juncture? then try to move forward with new directions only after Mercury has gone direct and perhaps even a fortnight beyond. So two weeks, right? That's a fortnight when Mercury has left its retrograde shadow. Um, I can't remember how to describe what is actually happening and why, you know, it has something to do with the planet Appearing like it's moving backwards or something. Um, it doesn't go into detail about that, but yeah, they have very insightful reports on transit. So go check out their app. It's called Time Passages. I love it so much. I hope you love it too. Um, I hope you had a good weekend. My week ended on a good note. I went to this place called Lilac Tattoo Studio. Um, I got a tattoo I've been wanting. It's like a sword with a crescent moon. I love it very much. Shout out to Lilac Tattoo Studio. They're an all uh, female tattoo and piercing spot in Dallas. Um, they're the shit. Skyler helped me as a walk in. She was wonderful. Their spot is just so cute, and it's it's not like any tattoo or piercing shop I've really ever been into, except for maybe like there's a place called Pin Cushion in Frisco that's a piercing, and they have a tattoo parlor next door. But um they just don't give off that, you know, intimidating, toxic masculinity vibe that a lot of shops do, you know? So I highly recommend them. This is also not a paid ad for them at all. I just like them a lot and figured I'd tell you about them because you just feel a lot more comfortable there than you do at other places. So yeah, they're in Dallas. Um, I had a lot of fun putting this episode together for you all. So Um, This week, we're revisiting A Walk to Remember, and we're also revisiting Taking Back Sunday's debut studio album, Tell All Your Friends. So before we get into the IMDb trivia and my roast of this movie, I have some hot takes to share with you. My hot take is fuck Nicholas Sparks' toxic ass for telling us these stories where women are dying or terminally ill. And that's what it takes to teach these men how to be decent human beings. That's my hot take. I, I feel like I've heard that somewhere before and I just wanted to reiterate it. Fuck him for tricking us into thinking we could fix bad boys. That's not attainable. Jamie turned Landon from an absolute shit bag into a fucking saint. And I don't think I've ever seen that in real life. Have you? We all deserve someone who helps us cross shit off our bucket list like... What do you want? You want to be in two places at once? You want a galaxy named after you? Let's do it. You know, he took what sounded like an unattainable list of goals that she had and helped her cross every single one of them off that list, which is very sweet. But yeah, did this movie teach you not to trust Nicholas Sparks? That's what my takeaway was. Nicholas Sparks is a masochist. (laughs) He rips out our hearts. uh, He rips our hearts out of our chests, pisses on them. And throws them in a fucking dumpster. (laughs) That being said, though, I still love this movie. (laughs) My toxic trait is that I still enjoy this movie despite the like weird Christianity. Like, I still very much enjoyed it. (laughs) Um, I don't know if it's because I'm a pastor's daughter and I felt like I felt seen when I first saw it. I, I mean, I saw it as soon as it came out. Not religious anymore. I'm a full-blown gay witch. Uh, that, that's what Christianity did for me. Um, I even remember going to church with my friend, uh, in boy drag, which I didn't know that's, you know, what it was called or what I was doing at the time. But yeah, I mean, all of that to say, this is Christians are a lot of Christians are bad. I know know there are a few, you know, a handful of good ones out there, but a lot of them are pieces of shit. And I do not want to be associated with Christians. A lot of them just spread hate in the name of religious freedom that they refuse to grant to any other religion. I wondered, um, you know, after watching this, if uh, Mandy Moore was Christian because she did this movie and she also, she also did Saved, um, which are both Christian movies. Saved is more of a parody of, you know, Christian culture, but it made me wonder if she was Christian. So I looked it up and she doesn't seem to be. There are just, there was a headline from 2009 that said, Mandy Moore, don't label me religious. <laughs> so I think that answered that question for us. My other hot take is that Shane West is hot as fuck. He can fuck me right in the pussy. <laughs> and he looks good as fuck. Go and look at his Instagram and tell me he isn't even hotter than he was in the early 2000s. <laughs> like, my best friend reminded me that I had a picture of him in my locker in middle school. I, I had forgotten about that. Um, I had a boyfriend named Shane in middle school. And I'd like to confess something terrible. Uh, I forgot that I had a school boyfriend and a church boyfriend when I was in middle school. Isn't that awful? I'm going to hell for that. But I realized this when one of them gave me a Valentine's day present and i was like, Oh, that's so sweet. And then I go to church on Sunday and I get another gift from another boyfriend. I'm like, Oh, Oh God, I've made a huge mistake. So it's something that keeps me up at night. It's one of the hits, one of the greatest hits of all the mistakes that plays in my head right as I'm trying to fucking fall asleep. But another hot take that I have. I hate, hate Jamie's bangs in the movie. They look like Winona Ryder's character, Lydia's bangs from Beetlejuice. Like they're very, they're not full enough. They're, they're very, uh, they're too spaced out and I hate it. And I wonder if you hate it, too. There is a reason why they pinned them back in the movie poster. She's got like a hair clip getting the bangs out of her face because I think they realized the bangs weren't working. We have a little tie in to last week's episode. Uh, I found pictures of Shane West and Evan Rachel Wood holding hands in 20- 2009. We talked about Evan Rachel Wood on the Loser episode last week because she was in the Wake Me Up When September Ends music video by Green Day. Um, And she also stars alongside my all-time fave, Jimmy Simpson and Westworld. I just thought that was funny. 99% of the time, this is about Shane West, (laughs) this rant. 99% of the time, I'm not sexually attracted to someone until I interact with them. It's very hard for me to figure out if I like someone, even celebrities, before I know what they're like and how they treat people. That is my sexuality. It's pansexuality, I believe. If I'm, I could be wrong, but it's its so much more about who you are as a person and how you fucking treat people. Um, so, I mean, I can think someone is cute, but it really won't go any further until I see what they're like with other people. So its it surprised me a lot that I was like, Shane, <laughs> Shane West is so fucking hot. I don't know if he is a good person or not. I, I haven't seen interviews with him, but he could get me pregnant if he looked at me. Um, he's a Gemini horse. Uh, a horse is associated with Gemini, I believe. He's like a double Gemini, and I love that for him. PSA, stop the Gemini slander. Let's stop sign shaming people, you know you met a couple shitty Virgos. Okay, you can't hold that against every Virgo you meet. You know, I saw a TikTok this week that was like, according to Google, Leos, Geminis, and Scorpios are the most hated zodiac signs. Like, first of all, how dare you? As a Leo, how dare you? Also, if you're a Leo, Gemini, or Scorpio, don't take that to heart. Like, Scorpios, Leos, and Geminis are three of many of my favorite signs i cannot say there's a sign i don't like and that's the problem with pop astrology in my opinion i feel like it only focuses on sun signs and it just feels so black and white and people are so much more complex than that so i would encourage you if you've ever felt discouraged by what you've heard about your sun sign dig deeper into your whole natal chart it might help you understand yourself better And give you the bigger picture of who you are. Or if it doesn't serve you, just fucking ignore it. You don't have to, you know. If it doesn't help you, that's also totally fine. Um, I so wish I had this movie on DVD. I think I'm going to start going to Movie Trading Company. And look for the DVDs for each episode. Because they always come with such great extras. Um, Like, I miss... I miss the DVD a lot. I'm sure that I could dig up what was included on the DVD extras, but it was so great just to have it all in one place, you know? Shout out to Movie Trading Company. They have, like, new and used DVDs, CDs, vinyl. It's a wonderful spot. They have games. Like, they have everything. If you're looking for, you know, a gently used Xbox or Nintendo Switch, like, go there and see what their prices are before you buy one new Cause they'll probably have one that's like, you know, probably even, you probably even get a new one there. I'm not sure. Um, I think even some of their locations used to be like blockbusters and Hollywood videos because they have, they even have the old little drop-offs for the, um, for the, you know, (laughs) for the DVDs and the, um, the VHS tapes. They have those little drop-off boxes outside. I so it's very um, nostalgic. It's they're, they're great. They have locations all over Texas, I believe. All right. So let's get into the movie synopsis for A Walk to Remember in case you have not seen it or you haven't watched it in a, in a while. Spoiler alert, obviously. Um, set in North Carolina, A Walk to Remember follows the rite of passage of a jaded, aimless high schooler, Shane West, who falls in love with a guileless young woman, Mandy Moore. He and his friends had once scorned. The two develop a powerful and inspirational relationship in which they discover truths that take most people a lifetime to learn. Okay. (laughs) Which is that love is temporary. That is the truth that I guess takes most people a lifetime to learn. No matter how long love lasts and everyone who's born will fucking die. (laughs) That is the synopsis of this film. So the, the movie was released on January 25th in 2002, same year as the Taking Back Sunday album we'll be chatting about later. It has a score of 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, 35% on Metacritic. It's a romance slash drama. Their budget was an estimated $11.8 million, and it made $47.5 million at the box office this movie's a wet dream for Christians. It's got everything. Underage girls, temporary tattoos, Christian rock, modesty. It's got it all. As we discussed, Shane West is a hot-ass Gemini horse. Mandy Moore is an Aries rat. Daryl Hannah, who plays Landon's mom, is a Sagittarius rat. Peter Coyote, who plays Jamie's dad, is a Libra snake. Lauren German, who plays Landon's ex Belinda, is a Sagittarius monkey, or she might she might be a horse. I can't remember. Clean Crawford, who plays Dean, God that might be misspelled. My iPad might have autocorrected their name. I apologize. The guy who plays Dean as a Taurus monkey, Paz de la Huerta, is in this. First of all, she's one of the bullies, and she is a Virgo rat. And let's see, there's a guy named Al Thompson who plays another one of Landon's friends and I could not find his sign. So sorry. All right, let's get into the IMDb trivia. The, the film was, I'm sorry, <laughs> the movie was filmed in 39 days despite only having Mandy Moore for 10 hours per day because she was a minor. She turned 17 while filming. So she was 16 and turned 17 as they were filming. That's kind of icky. Cause Shane West was twenty four, I believe. Shane West loved his car from the movie so much that he bought it because it was only five thousand dollars. Well, congratulations on having five thousand extra dollars. Um, I guess what they're saying is maybe it was like inexpensive for a sports car or whatever it was. I don't know shit about cars. I don't. I don't know what kind of car it was. I mean, from watching the movie, it looks like you know. A Mustang, maybe. I don't fucking know. But yeah, I'm broke. So that's a hell of a lot of money to me. But yeah, much of the movie soundtrack includes music by Switchfoot. And Mandy Moore, uh, I guess, inspired their participation in the film because she was a big fan of theirs. I thought that was interesting. Um, they sing that song Dare You to Move, if you remember that one. Their songs are featured on the soundtrack, um, and I I almost featured their album for this episode, but apparently some of the songs used in the film weren't released on their album until 2007. So I thought that was interesting. The inspiration for Jamie Sullivan's character, which is Mandy Moore's uh, role, was from Nicholas Sparks's sister, Danielle Sparks, whom the book and movie are dedicated to. Somehow missed that. Oops. Let's see. Jessica Simpson was considered for the role of Jamie Sullivan. No. Just no. That doesn't sit right with me. Does it does that <laughs> How does that feel for y'all to hear cuz I don't think that would have been a good fit. What do y'all think? The movie was shot in North Carolina. And many of the sets were from Dawson's Creek, including the hospital, the school, and Landon's home. I've never seen Dawson's Creek. I've heard it's good. I need to watch it. Yes. The movie was intended to be a PG-13 film where photoshopped uh, naked pictures of Jamie would surface in the cafeteria. Apparently in that scene that you see in the movie, everyone else in the cafeteria were given copies showing a naked body. But as the audience, we only see the copy where she's not naked. So that's yucky. But yeah. All right. With no further ado, here we go. It's 2002. We're all tucked in our sleeping bags in the living room, eating kids cuisine with purple ketchup. We're watching A Walk to Remember. Landon and his miscreant friends swear so much that their curse words are dubbed over. These bullies have a near-death experience fetish and initiate other scary quiet kids by having them slam-dunk themselves into the leftover poop plant water. Tonight, they're inducting the new kid Carl by triple-dog daring him to belly flop into the cesspool. Carl is willing to do anything to be cool, so he does as they say. Carl anticlimactically flails in the air and crashes hard into the liquid, breaking every bone in his body. The cool kids go over to confirm. Is he dead? He is. Well, fuck. Alright, these kids get into their Camaros and Mustangs and peel off into the misty night. Landon Pimp walks into the principal's office the next morning to find out he's been sentenced to living life as a good boy. He's got to tutor kids, pick up trash alongside the highway, and spend time with the preacher's daughter, Jamie. Jamie to learn a thing or two about her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's even forced to audition for the school play, even though he absolutely despises the arts. He tries his absolute hardest to bomb his audition by being aloof and disinterested, but he absolutely nails the character description of being aloof and disinterested. Landon begrudgingly asks Jamie if she'll run lines with him after school. He gets whiplash, watching her face warp from a kind smile to a stern stare. I'll help you with your lines, Landon, but you have to swear on your life you won't fall madly in love with me. Never having even thought of her as a sexual object, Landon shrugs off her demand. That won't be a problem, he spits. Next, we see a 30-minute montage of Landon getting shoved in the chest during rehearsals. And finally, it's showtime. Jamie plays the role of a dementor. She seductively slips off her black hooded robe to reveal a skin-tight, sky-blue silk dress. Landon fucks his line right up. Jesus Christ, you're fucking hot, he blurts, breaking character. Jamie's father has an aneurysm in the audience. Jamie is visibly nervous, but she sings like an angel, further enchanting our softening Landon. He's so overtaken by her beauty and auras that he lands an unscripted kiss on her cheek. Jamie can't tell if she's confused by his improv or confused by the butterflies. Landon's ex-girlfriend looks on, witnessing their undeniable chemistry. Her butthole clenches. Landon drives home after the performance to get shit-faced. He wants to bury these intoxicating feelings for the enchantress Jamie by getting intoxicated. But this doesn't work. His feelings are coming on even stronger. Did he love her? Was he going to convert to Christianity for her? All he knew was that she was gorgeous, and he wanted to drink her in every day for the rest of his life. Next, the bullies have hatched a plan to use Microsoft Paint to copy and paste Jamie's head on a bikini model's body. They spread photos of her across the school just to really drive home how much they hate her sweaters. Jamie innocently arrives to read alone at her favorite table. Everyone's laughing at her. None of them are trying to hide it. Her eyes fill with hot tears as the cafeteria fills with a chorus of demonic laughter Landon senses Jamie is in danger, so he hauls ass to her fave spot. He catches her right as she faints, overtaken by the chaotic, evil energy. Landon continues to prove his undying love for our sweet Jamie. He helps her cross impossible shit off of her bucket list, and it's inadvertently turning him into the sweetest dude ever. But she's scared of how hard she's falling for him, given her white blood cell count. She still hasn't broken the news. She tries to snap Landon out of it by reminding him of the blood oath he took. You swore you wouldn't fall in love with me. Yeah, what the fuck was that about, he asks. She looks off in the distance, avoiding eye contact. I have cancer, Landon. I could die any minute. Landon is absolutely lost. His emptiness turns to rage and he screams at the top of his lungs, collapsing in the street. He is inconsolable. But Landon continued to set the bar as high as possible for straight men everywhere. He selflessly helps her cross every last wish off of her bucket list. And Nicholas Sparks absolutely delivers on his promise to machete our hearts out of our chests, shit on them, piss on them, and face this guarantee of death. Jamie dies on their fucking wedding day. In the same church her mother and father were married in, for fuck's sake. Nick may as well have had us stare into her lifeless eyes, knives to our throats, reminding us that everyone who's born will die, with or without love. The end. (laughs) All right. This week, we're revisiting the debut studio album, Tell All Your Friends, by Taking Back Sunday. Do you guys like the emo albums I've chosen for this season? I do. <laughs> I've listened to this album a lot over the past week. I can't I can't say I loved it as much as I loved American Idiot last week. I think I enjoy their third album, Louder Now, More, Sorry to Compare, the Louder Now album is the one that has Make Damn Sure, one of my favorites, and What's It Feel Like to Be a Ghost? Have y'all heard that song? I love that song. Their album, Where You Want to Be, is really good, too. That's the one with A Decade Under the Influence, and in, uh, this photograph is proof. Those are great ones. I had a coworker a while back who told me he went to a Taking Back Sunday concert, and I was like, what? Why? <laughs> was it good? I was just kind of surprised uh, because I didn't know they were still making music or like still touring and stuff. And um, yeah, they are. They've released quite a few albums that I definitely, definitely need to check out. So a little about Taking Back Sunday. They formed in 1999. They have roots in Long Island's pop punk scene. Apple Music says they emerged as one of the defining bands of the 2000s emo movement. They're gold certified meaning 500,000 copies sold, album Tell All Your Friends is now considered a classic and has appeared on such lists as Rolling Stone's 40 Greatest Emo Albums of All Time. Um, The band members are Adam Lazara, lead vocals John Nolan, guitarist and vocalist, uh, guitarist Eddie Reyes. I'm not sure if he's still in the band. I could be wrong. Bassist Sean Cooper and drummer Mark O'Connell. All the lyrics for the album were written by Adam and John. So Adam is a Virgo rooster. John is a Pisces horse. And I could not find the signs for the uh, other members of the band, which is a bummer. The track list is as follows. The uh, first song, You Know How I Do. Second song, Bike Scene. Cute Without the E. Cut From the Team. There's No I In Team. Great Romances of the 20th Century. Ghost Man on Third, Timberwolves at New Jersey, The Blue Channel, You're So Last Summer, and Head Club. So I thought I'd do a comparison of my favorite songs when I first heard the album as a teen and what my favorite songs are now. My favorite songs as a teen were Cute Without the E, Ghost Man on Third, Timberwolves at New Jersey, and You're So Last Summer. And honestly, those are still my favorites, which isn't that surprising? I mean, I've I've gone back and listened to this album and I enjoy listening to the whole thing. But those are definitely I think Timberwolves at New Jersey and You're So Last Summer are my top two faves from this album. The music videos for this album are strange. They feel like the band was afraid to take themselves too seriously or something. Maybe visual stuff just wasn't their best medium at that time. But they got better over the years, I think, for sure. Re-listening to the album and trying to sing along, it's very hard to match Adam's vocals and his style of singing. It seems very hard to replicate. Like, his mix of scream singing and over enunciation is very interesting and very emo, I would say. I thought, hey, maybe since I'm an adult now, I'll understand some of the things that he was singing. But that no, that was not the case. I understood a handful of what he was saying, but it's not like, it's inaudible yelling. But I love that. Love it. So I remember listening to Timberwolves at New Jersey in front of my mom when I was a teen. And one of the verses from the song says, this is me with the words on the tip of my tongue and my eye through the scope down the barrel of a gun. And her asking me, um, what did he just say? And I can understand her concern for sure. (sighs) Um, I don't know what that lyric is supposed to mean, but I mean, he's referencing a gun. I mean, listening to it, it sounds like it's a breakup song. Reading the entire lyrics to the song, it seems like a breakup song. But yeah, I just had that. That's like a core memory that unlocked when I listened to that song. I was also watching the music video for You're So Last Summer, and I almost shit my pants because I forgot that Flavor Flav is in the fucking video. He's straight up being their hype man on stage, like he's thrashing around and lip-syncing for his motherfucking life. <laughs> he's wearing head-to-toe red plaid. Uh, I said plaid, sorry, my voice cracked. Yeah. I forgot he was in the video. That is wild. Um, that's, that's it for today's episode. Uh, I cannot wait to share next week's episode with you all. Next week is the Josie and the Pussycats episode that I've literally waited all of my life to do. I feel like I was born to do it. So tune in for that. Thanks for joining me today. We're halfway through this season. We've got four episodes left. I just continue to find new movies that I'm adding to the list. Uh, please give me a shout if you, you know, think of any that you want to see me or hear me do. Um, Yeah, check out my Instagram at the 2000s called pod. My dear friend Alyssa took some very nostalgic and gorgeous pictures for me. You can check them out there. I post content that goes along with each episode on, you know, Instagram and Twitter. So you can see like picture of Flavor Flav and that music video and all that. So I hope you have a great week. I hope you get through this Mercury Retrograde, uh, sending you love and nostalgia. Talk to you later. Bye.